0: Thanks to Beta Brand for supporting Muller, she wrote. Do you have a to-do list that never seems to end? Running from a flight straight to a meeting? Still have to cook dinner for yourself? Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are perfect for the office, home, and anywhere your day takes you. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com. And thanks to Best Fiends for supporting Muller, she wrote. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Download free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And thanks to Third Love for supporting Muller She Wrote. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering you 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com ag to find yours today.
1: This is Andrew McCabe, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote.
0: Hello and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reedy. Hello. We have a great show lined up, mm. uh, especially the Fantasy Indictment League is hot today. Uh, uh, we have former U.S. Attorney Joyce Vance. Mm. She's going to join us to explain <gasps> some legal questions about a guilty plea in the Trump inaugural this week. Oh, God. Dude, your boy, mm. you missed the Fantasy Indictment League last week. Uh, we were all over you. Um, I have a very sore throat today I, I was moving some stuff around yesterday Particularly old records and mm-hmm. LPs Dust like all over my mm. vocal cords <clears throat> And it was kind of oddly Seemed rainy but somehow dry Like you know like it's almost raining But you get out of the car And you shock yourself on something metal mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That was yesterday And so now my my voice is all messed up So I'm really sorry Unless you think this is rad Kind of sounds sultry. I kind of like it. Me and Kathleen Turner. I'm (laughs) not bad. I'm just drawn this way. (laughs) No, we're totally going to do this. Uh, But, uh, you know, we do have a lot of news. I can't not bring you the news. um, But I just want to let you know, like, my voice is messed up. Um, I also want to thank our patrons. If you're not a patron yet, you can sign up for as little as three bucks a month and you'll get early ad-free episodes of our sister podcast, The Daily Beans. And we have some new things coming, including... A video feed, <laughs> which will feature us with messed up hair and jammies. Um, we'll be setting it up this month, maybe at the end of the month. Um, should be live soon. Plus, new ad-free bonus Q and A episodes. I'm really excited about this. And got so many
3: great questions already. I know, mm-hmm. and
0: some also ridiculous questions. Yes. Uh, and of course, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, I will answer the ridiculous questions. Like if you had one. Chocolate lab, what would you call it? You know, I'm like, well, choco taco. Duh. <laughs> um, did a
2: girl, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs>
3: Taco's a taco, a gender joke. neutral, really?
2: I think so. <laughs> I guess so. I guess the butt crack is a taco, also. Oh, are oh, you
0: thinking? Oh, yeah, taco, the, like pink, the, the pink taco,
2: the euphemism. Is yeah. that the right word there?
0: The uh, double entendre,
2: colloquialism. <laughs> anything that's not not formal (laughs) is a colloquialism but yeah yeah the pink taco see i i would have to Mm. i would have to that's fair yeah sorry for inserting my fifth grade humor into this different from the green taco Mm -hmm. which i don't know i don't understand is that a restaurant no oh good (laughs) because that sounds disgusting (laughs) (laughs) who would ever do that like we're gonna call ourselves the green taco taco. come on in the pink taco was shut down and the food left out for three weeks
0: <laughs> there is a restaurant called pink taco mm-hmm. in la yeah it's just down the street from where we stay at the store mm-hmm. the comedy store the pink taco store um <laughs> nice taco riff thank you so <laughs> well, now back to the tacos um anyway ad-free bonus q a episodes access to our closed social media groups which are incredible support for they're great for support and they're great for networking. And tons of great thank you gifts. We're moving to a new merch provider, and I'm really excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Follow the Daily Beans on Twitter, at Daily Beans Pod, and you'll be automatically entered to win dinner with myself and our network CEO. Uh, So yeah, you can support women in podcasting. Your pledge helps us pay high wages, provide health benefits, and 401k retirement plans for all our employees, and it helps cover our costs. Uh, It's my birthday, January 20th, so it would be the best gift if you could support our little operation and keep us independent. We would love it. And speaking of thank yous, uh, we got some great gifts uh, this week. First of all, from uh, Jean Yoon, longtime listener. Um, She's in, I think, Canada. Yeah, Toronto. Nice. Dear A.G., Jordan, and Amanda, thank you for all you do. I've been a subscriber from day one. I rely on the dedication, insight, and good humor uh, the three of you bring to the news swamp that is our present lot thank you saw this at a friend's antique bookshop thought of you all beans come true have a wonderful 2020 i do hope one day you visit toronto all the best your fan jean and it's this book like it's it's orange and it's like a pamphlet kind of and it says beans like a zine enjoyable the world over grown in michigan interesting (laughs) i don't think of beans as being grown me
2: neither but i guess that is how all living (laughs) things work well, right. I guess we all grow, but beans—I
0: feel like they just are.
3: Yeah, yeah, they just come into existence, like yeah. right like conception, like right. snails.
0: Like there's no baby beans. Miracle Zap beans. <laughs> Miracle Zap <at> beans. Immaculate <laughs> <laughs> conception. Got it. There's no baby beans. But yeah, no. If, in fact, if you open this book up, um, it's I. I'm, I'm afraid to damage it because it's so old and antiquey. The Michigan Bean Shippers Association delicious anytime anywhere Boston may have made them famous but Michigan grows them Mm. 99% of all the navy pea beans harvested in the United States come from Michigan's thumb and Saginaw Valley cool you, you know
3: what On that note, I really like weird and interesting facts about places. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you believe to be the most interesting fact about your state. Tweet at us. Ah, your state or your city. Or your city. I love that. I love that shit. I love finding out like weird details about someone's like, Mm -hmm. we grow the most, blah, blah, blah. We got some bumper stickers um, from Bill Moyers,
0: Vote for Sanity in 2020. A democracy can die when there are too many lies. Thank you for those bumper stickers. And then we got these amazing handcrafted wood name tags and coasters Mm -hmm. so there's one that says ag one that says mandy reader mandy reedy and one that says jordan coburn it says muller she wrote these name tags are laser cut from baltic pine uh, one-eighth inch plywood the standing is vaporized wood adhering as it blows over the piece vaporized wood wow Uh, I used one of your logos and I think it worked okay. It It, looks amazing. The coasters are the same deal. Notice how deep the cuts are. It's so spills get caught in the coaster and then soak into the coaster. The cup is supported by the raised parts. Your logo isn't very symmetrical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excuse (laughs) us. So I talked to Nancy Drew. So I added some lines to support a cup. I hope that works. It's beautiful. It is. I really want to thank you all, all the patrons for your support. I can't go into details right now, but I will soon. I promise. But your support is my Rock right now, so thank you all so much. As I said at the top, we have a great show. But before we hit the headlines, let's make some corrections.
1: It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I
0: made a mistake. All right. So from Ento, we have on a recent episode, AG mentioned that if Bernie and Biden win the primary, for better or for worse, at least there would be no identity politics in play. However, Bernie is ethnically Jewish, and anti-Semitism in America has sadly been on the rise. For better or for worse, I doubt a Bernie candidacy would be free of identity politics. First of all, it was Amanda who said that, not a G. And second of all, I don't know if Bernie's Judaism rises to the level of identity politics. I mean, he's mentioned it like twice in his life, and I don't think he's a practicing (laughs) Jew. Mm -hmm. He's definitely not an Orthodox Jew. Not that that matters or makes any difference whatsoever. In fact, when the DNC was hacked by Russia, they got emails from the Hillary campaign or at least from the DNC saying, let's attack Bernie for not being Jewish enough. Hmm. I don't know if you remember that. No. Um, so I, I, I don't see that as a huge identity politics situation. It wasn't when Lieberman was vice presidential candidate. I don't, I don't see it as being one here either. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know that that falls into the identity politics I definitely feel
2: the white nationalists won't forget it that's for sure yeah <laughs> yeah
3: good point yeah. yeah i don't uh i it's i i can't i can't foresee how that's going to go down obviously um but what i meant by that was they're old. they're both old old straight white men everybody <laughs> who's left is a white person yeah that's
0: i think what you're saying and yeah. it, but despite, I'm not discounting despite trump's best efforts uh, Judaism is not a race
3: right it's a but I mean that's different now he's actually called it that so that he can I don't know he was I can't speak authoritatively in anything to do with Judaism or being Jewish because I am not <laughs> and I don't Oh, work. I'm not saying yeah. I am what I'm saying is, is that me. Trump made a rule yeah um, absolutely to,
0: to make it uh, racial so that mm-hmm. it can be considered racist yeah if something goes down right mm-hmm. uh, although Netanyahu is now has a warrant out for his arrest <laughs> for Trump's arrest from netanyahu
3: uh, (laughs) (laughs) are you okay today i am i just was like i heard you incorrectly and i was like netanyahu has a warrant out for trump's arrest (laughs) that would be uh, what
0: (laughs) no no no
3: spain
2: oh god i wish they could do global citizens arrest i wish that was like walk up to him
0: like hey (laughs) citizens (laughs) arrest citizens (laughs) on patrol (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
2: uh
0: yeah no he has a warrant for his arrest in spain Uh, If he sets foot in Spain, he will be arrested. Oh, wow. Wow. And Spain's where Grinda's from that. They were like a huge help uh, intelligence wise in the Mueller investigation. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. Uh, Another correction from Andrew Markey. Hey, Daily Beans. I'm currently on active duty. Uh, I like you. I'm disgusted at Gallagher. However, I doubt that is why recent troop deployment was disallowed their cell phones. Um, since my entry into SOF in 2012, I've had several no-notice deployments and phone bans were the norm. Uh, the troops recently deployed and are not SOF, though this is new to them. Check these out and you'll see why we avoid phones overseas. So, All right. Hmm, thank you for that. It's normal. Uh,
2: but the, He the- said he's currently overseas right now?
0: He says he's currently active duty duty. and SOF.
2: Got it. Well, thank you for your service.
0: Yes. Thank you for your service, Mr. Markey. But yeah, it it was um, odd to me because the article made it sound like this never happens. Mm. You know, that wasn't my point of view. That was from the news that I got. Um, I find that
2: happening. Sorry, go ahead.
0: When I was in the military, we didn't have cell phones.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> so uh,
0: we didn't. Sorry, listen. I laugh so
3: hard at that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> pull away from the mic laugh. <laughs> that was a pull away. If that was a pull out laugh. You pulled out and laughed. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I find that happening a lot, actually, with reporting, where the tone of the article doesn't kind of match the actual facts if you look into it more. The reality of it. Right. Yeah, so now right. I find myself needing to, like, ch- even if it's, you know especially actually the new york times you know they had a weird stint of being like still over the place with yeah um so wall street journal did it this week too i'll get into
0: that in a bit but yeah you're totally right like what the fuck Mm -hmm. uh michael watson turkey is a member of nato their ascension happened in 1952 they call it an oh accession all right i was gonna say ascension it's like it's like jesus uh though honestly given their defense procurement oh this person is from the uk they spelled defense with a c Mm -hmm. so accession might be a special uk word that i'm Mm -hmm. uh the procurement of the russian anti-air system the s-400 to their regular use uh threats to european nato members to destabilize the european union destabilize with an s good job uh one would wonder why they still are yeah okay so you're saying turkey is a member of nato i was for some reason thinking they weren't i think it was ukraine i was thinking of mm. um too many scandals to keep track of too many scandalous <laughs> yeah. countries uh, not countries but relationships with scandalous relationships with other
2: countries right well and it's also hard because we have a president who says very anti-nato thing at times but then also throws bones to erdogan all the time so it's like who do you hate in totality i can't tell i it can't keep up doesn't
0: feel like erdogan should be in nato but uh, yeah right now i guess we shouldn't either so uh, and he says, while listening <clears throat> to you all from Sweden, ah, oh, Sweden, not the UK, you guys remind me of how hilarious and insightful Americans and Canadians slash Amanda <laughs> can be. Your great contribution to us in Europe is understanding what the hell is going on in the United States. It cannot be understated. Lots of love and keep it coming. And then um, some dude. Um, whose opening statement, well, first of all, he complained that I call it a compliment sandwich. He says, you wouldn't put a piece of bread in between two pieces of bologna. Fine, it's a shit sandwich if you want me to be fucking nice about it. Uh, and then he, got, if, and then he, so he comp- he corrected us on the corrections. And then he says um, that gerrymandering, the, the decision of the gerrymandering SCOTUS case was more complex than we alluded to. Well, that's just it. We only alluded to it. We did like almost an entire episode on the gerrymandering SCOTUS case. You can check it out if you want to or don't. But kindly don't accuse me of not covering something when I already have and you don't know. Send me a message like this. Good job. Thank you for sending me a message. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's jump in with just the facts. All right. This week, we finally heard a little bit about where Nancy Pelosi is going. Uh, In a six-page Dear Colleagues letter, that's like a Dear John letter for Congress, Uh, she told Nallor to prepare to vote on impeachment managers and to prepare to send the articles to the Senate. And we were like, what? Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't my favorite. But she has a plan, and I'm going to support it. I'm not going to be part of the media that vilifies her. They've been poking at her and poking at her. Mom, mom, mommy, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mommy, 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 mommy. For, like, ever to try to get yeah. her to send the articles. And she's like, I'm just fucking doing my job. Just chill. So here we are. Um. Anyway, she may have a few tricks up her sleeve yet. And it could be uh there was a story that came out, like, just a couple hours ago that Parnas, Parnas' lawyer, again, was to Congress. Mommy, 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 mommy. Mm-hmm. mommy. Like, hey, I've got some stuff mm-hmm. you want to see. And
2: maybe that's what... maybe that's the, If you want to withhold them for now.
0: Yeah, maybe that's mm-hmm. the trick she's got up her sleeve. I don't know. Or, you know, because she, she didn't say, I'm sending the articles over. She said, be prepared to have a resolute, to talk about a vote for a resolution to appoint the managers and then send the articles over. That could be a while. But yeah. it, she's also running up against the election.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of... Um, their conversation you know behind closed doors is sort of what do we do in this scenario which seems to be the case that is him continuously doing things that are impeachable offenses constantly like how do we split how do we split that up do we split it up at all what kind of action do we take against that over overall right so i i I wonder if it's not parnas you know there's a bunch of things there's like a freaking treasure chest of crimes and misconduct <laughs> and high train. crimes and misdemeanors, yeah. So it's, so I, I feel like there's no that's end a big to part of it too. Yeah, it's it's like how do we, how do you play a move when it's constantly your turn? You I know, know. Like I know. where, like where do you pick? But
0: specifically, I want that fucking in any day now more Manafort documents will come out about Ukraine and the peace plan, which was just a backdoor communications to allow Russia to have control over you know the peninsula over Crimea but like you're right where do you stop because and then right after the election we had the first round of javelins which we only sold to Ukraine after and, and we gave them a presidential visit a White House visit too but that was an, only in exchange for something else right mm-hmm. and so we have to and of course back then it was Shokin and the, the corrupt government that right. was in power so it was a little easier right and then they have to remove Marie Yovanovitch. And oh, some Yovanovitch emails came out this weekend, which Ooh. are just nuts. Um, basically, uh, an email, uh, I think it was from a top diplomat at the Secretary of State uh, saying that Yovanovitch, to Yovanovitch saying, don't testify. Don't testify and don't hand over documents in the impeachment inquiry. Like direct documentary evidence of obstruction of Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And who did that come from?
0: Some A top official at the okay. State Department.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we know if it's Pompeo or have any beans? If I knew, him? I would tell you. Well, of course, course. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You're all like, why are you
0: withholding it from <laughs> A.G.? Well, because it's fun for me. Give me the good A.G. Me. It's just fun for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's redacted. They're heavily redacted, these 42 emails, that, 42 pages of emails that were sent on a letter, that letter to Yovanovitch. Hey, you're not allowed uh interestingly george conway and kelly this is kelly ann's husband and neil katyal have penned an op-ed in the washington post with an idea that basically this is for the articles that involves the house sending one article of impeachment um, the obstruction of congress article and holding the ukraine extortion abuse of power article Mm. i call this splitting aces Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Um, The op-ed says that just because Pelosi has announced she may transmit the articles doesn't mean she has lost the standoff with McConnell over whether to call witnesses. Katyal and Conway say that because there are two articles, Pelosi has room to maneuver now. So she can either transmit one article or transmit both with a letter, like a love you note, saying if the Senate uh, fails to call witnesses and obtain documents, the House will reopen the investigation into Article 1 and subpoena the witnesses and documents itself. Now... I don't know why you need to put that in writing. I thought that was what would just happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But Katyal and Conway prefer splitting aces. And they say it makes perfect sense because the obstruction article is a matter of public record. No more evidence is needed. Uh, but the, this implies that there is more evidence needed in the first article, which I disagree with. They had 17 witnesses. Everything, they don't need any more witnesses. It'd be nice to have Bolton and Mulvaney, like uh, people that the the president
2: is blocking from mm-hmm. testifying to testify, but... Unless they just are talking about more being, you know, like, stuff that remains to be seen. What do you mean? In the investigation, in the Ukraine investigation, period. Whereas the obstruction stuff is stuff that's already happened in the past. Oh, and right. it's already documented. <clears throat> Maybe they're saying it's a continuing investigation, basically, at this point. So is obstruction. That's true, because it keeps happening. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, every
0: single day. They, they fail to send something over, or they redact a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but you're right. Yeah, it's like, not that if you take from point a and to point b in some you know past moment you could say okay we have all the evidence we're going to have as far as obstruction goes at least for that point in time whereas for ukraine there's still more to discover I agree. But that's not what they said. What they mm-hmm. said was we have
0: enough evidence in the obstruction, which implies that we don't have enough evidence in the Ukraine shakedown. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to mm-hmm. be like, uh, yeah, we do. And yes, we do. And that's the end. But <laughs> <clears throat> you're right. Ukraine evidence could come out until 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. We could still be getting U- Slow Ukraine drip. Yeah hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the depths of it all. Even if it was a fire hose, we could be getting it until the de- end of the century because it's just so much stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. There's always more layers of shit with Trump. Always. There's always another layer of shit. And you dive get- deeper into the pile of shit and you find out there's more shit. It's a good thing about the fire hose is it <laughs> pulls, pulls, like gets the shit off. <laughs>
0: it's like a porta potty at
3: Coachella. It's like the <laughs> ultimate bidet. God. I just had a flashback to the porta potties (laughs) of burning (laughs) man. Oh yeah. Can you imagine like a like a wrestler
0: like a it's the ultimate bidet and it's a fire hose and it's just (laughs) totally
3: like shaves your whole butthole off. The first time I saw a bidet I didn't know what it was because most people don't. Yeah. I grew up pretty like 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 working parents oh, yeah. and like a lot of like our well, they're like they're so we no no don't have bidet. No, no, <laughs> no i just meant like we were very like we were not we were you very were yeah, class. yeah we we're very also class. really not in the
2: u.s like yeah, at all very, like, I, at I, never seen I had them.
3: never seen one before yeah. i'd never been to a hotel fancy enough or had friends who had a bidet and then i saw a bidet for the first time and i actually i lived in an apartment with a bidet yeah well now they it.
0: have them where you just attach yeah. them to the side of your toilet and it your friend your friend is like do, hey, dude, try the bidet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. You're like, i oh, like,
2: trust me, dude. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do, do have a friend that's done that, actually. Me, this is yeah. a weird fucking toilet, you guys. What is this? Is yeah. this, like, a Japanese toilet? Yeah, what between the squatty potty and the, like, the bidet, bidet. <laughs> there's just a complete operation now. Just co- entire appendages to all toilets across the nation. Totally oh, that quite append- funny. So anyway, in this whole Ukraine <laughs> thing, uh, new evidence
0: has emerged since... Th- it, here's what. Here's why I like what Nancy did, because since she's had the articles on hold, new new evidence has emerged since she since the first articles were adopted including new emails that show trump personally ordered the ukraine uh aid hold 91 minutes after the call with Zelensky, and of course john bolton saying he's willing to testify and now these new emails where they actually wrote to yovanovich and said don't you dare testify or don't you hand don't hand over documents so uh holding the ukraine article According like holding one of the articles mm-hmm. split in the aces, according to to uh, and Conway, would be powerful and precise. It would be a powerful and precise response to McConnell's declarations that has that he has no intention of holding a fair trial well, but we know that my problem with this gambit is it would mean two impeachment trials if there was a second mm-hmm. you know article or additional articles, and I think while i think it's a bad idea cottell and conway assert it's a fair price to pay for obstructing justice so much um i don't know that you want him to have two trials because then you get two acquittals then you get the then you really get right. the argument they came after me and came after yeah. me and they still lost over and over and over and he and he'll run on that and that's a much more powerful message mm-hmm. than you know the senate acquitted me in two weeks because you know yeah. whatever one time
2: right and if we're going to do two then shouldn't we do three and then four and then five whereas if we just have like this one <laughs> time maybe that makes a little bit more sense I guess
0: yeah and I never understood the urgency uh, message that everyone would say oh, it's urgent it's urgent we have to do it it's urgent um, how does I never understood how impeaching the president faster in the house would stop election interference in 2020 or keep him from cheating mm-hmm. or keep him from doing it more
2: mm-hmm. How as long as the Senate is how it is, yeah, right, yeah.
0: We knew from the beginning that he that he wasn't going to get removed in the Senate. So what, right? What, I don't even understand like right. why uh, we have to impeach him fast.
2: Yeah, so much of this I feel is just deciding how they want to go down in history, really, right? And I think that that weighs heavily on Chief Justice
0: John Roberts' mind a mm-hmm. lot, and we'll see how he handles this. Um, so I don't like either of these options: holding, splitting aces, or you know, having a second impeachment trial. If I had to pick, I'd pick the latter, though, and hold Senate Republicans to task in the election for acquitting Trump, especially since the evidence will come out, whether there's a second trial or a first trial or no trials. The evidence will come out. And when it comes out, anyone who acquitted Trump is going to be, and you'll hear them. They're like, we didn't have that evidence at the time. I didn't have that evidence at the time. Had I had that evidence at the time, I would have voted Differently. I didn't see that. I didn't know that. They're going to fucking say that. Right. Even though they had all the evidence at the time. There is plenty of evidence Mm -hmm. that this went down this way.
3: Even though also the onus is on you to do the fucking research to get more evidence because. No, we don't do more evidence in trials. Didn't you hear? (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you are supposed to be making a fair decision for the American people you should do your due diligence and do some goddamn research and no. try to find more evidence. No,
0: you no. Know? And that's what Marco Rubio said. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. And I think that's what you're sort of alluding to. Yeah. The Bible bot as one of our Twitter followers dubbed him <laughs> and I went Bible not. And that was a really <laughs> dumb joke. Um, so he's justified an unfair trial by saying no new witnesses and no new evidence because the Senate need only consider the evidence the house considered and nothing else. Even though that flies in the face of wanting to call the Bidens to testify. Like, how how can you possibly? They're not even b- being impeached. They're mm-hmm. not even nothing, nothing.
3: Yep. <laughs> Imagine going to a judge and being like, I think this guy may have killed someone. And I know we didn't have enough evidence before, but we have more now. Uh, sorry. No, no new evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a weird person to call.
0: It'd be like, hey, yeah, you know what? Uh, I shot that guy. And I'm on trial for that. But did you hear what his brother did in the 80s? In fact, here's his brother to tell you. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. No bearing. That's the defense that they use all the time, though. That's true. Look over there. Look back then. Don't look right now. (laughs) That's in front of your face that you you can do something about.
0: Don't look at this. (laughs) But speaking of the Bidens, they're the focus of a new FBI investigation. Not because the FBI is investigating the Bidens, but bombshell reporting from bloomberg on friday the fbi is probing if russia is targeting the Bi- is biden is targeting the biden's just biden just joe just joe mm-hmm. that should be his slogan not no malarkey <laughs> just joe
2: i'm just yeah, a joe standing in front that of america is, that is an incredibly populist slogan for how not just that is. <laughs> like yeah just joe <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm just Joe. Yeah, they could have great campaign ads. Just time for mediocrity. Sitting I'm in just a- Joe. Yeah, he sits in a swivel chair, turns around with a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm no just cat. Joe. He's
3: just petting a cat with hair. <laughs> Your shirt is unbuttoned a little bit too much.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they should. <God. laughs> they really should. <laughs> Your face. I oh, know. <laughs> I never imagined you got a that little trick somehow. <laughs> <laughs> with my fixation on Yeah. <laughs>
3: You're getting all flustered over there, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But uh, Bloomberg reported Friday the FBI is probing if Russia is targeting Biden in the 2020 election meddling as part of its ongoing disinformation and social media efforts to help Trump win in November. This is 2016 all over again. Uh, Interestingly, part of the inquiry is to determine whether Russia is going after Biden by spreading disinformation about Biden's past involvement in U.S. policy toward Ukraine while his son worked for an energy company there. Interesting that the number one defense of... The Trump side in this whole Ukraine shakedown and the witnesses they want to call are based on this uh, conspiracy theory that is now being investigated by the FBI as election interference because it's such a conspiracy theory. We know the answer is yes to that. I bet the beans. There's already a full investigation open and ongoing, uh, though there's no confirmation of that from the FBI. The question becomes, do they keep it a secret like they did in 2016 or Mm -hmm. do they announce it? Mm hmm. Uh, as this is no longer Obama's intelligence community, um, I hope they learn from 2016. Keep your eyes on Chris Ray's job. If he's probing Russian election interference, he might go the way of Comey. So, God, keep your eye on that. This could. This is go seriously. the way of Comey,
2: as in fired through the television.
0: <laughs> Everyone's fired through the television. Yeah, via tweet. A tweet that you see on television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with all that in mind, the New York Times has a story that also came out Friday, warning that Russia has grown stealthier. Uh, approaching the next election groups linked to the Kremlin have recently infiltrated the network uh, of an elite Iranian hacking unit attacking systems in the Middle East and Britain hoping Tehran would be blamed for the hacks after interviewing dozens of officials the Times says it's clear many of our our vulnerabilities from 2016 still remain they're still there Uh, the task of heading off the Russians is now made more challenging by new threats from other American rivals such as Iran which has more motive than ever now to interfere in 2020 with the killing of Suleimani, Stunningly, they report that Fancy Bear has mm. shifted some of its workload to servers in the United States because the NSA and other agencies are limited by law to operate abroad. So the NSA can't investigate servers
2: in the United States. They have to investigate abroad. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So they've moved- okay, I don't understand how servers work exactly. So they're in Russia hacking... like. Operating out of servers in the United States. Via like some sort of proxy? Yeah. Like some code? I don't shit? I
0: don't know. But okay. they're, they like they no, don't they don't have no. like
2: sympathizers like, in the United States. Yes. Oh they do? Wow. Yes. Wow. That's the thing.
0: And this was in the Mueller report. Remember they had some servers in Bisbee, Arizona. Yeah. And they were paying contracts for this. I just don't I don't think that the that the proxies here know mm-hmm. what they're using their servers for. Mm-hmm. They just rent out the server space. But because they mm-hmm. do it in the okay. United States, the NSA CIA they right. can't touch it.
2: Damn. Uh,
0: and then, so that's um, that's co- uh, Fancy Bear. Now, Cozy Bear has apparently dropped off radar, off the radar altogether. Hmm. No one knows where Cozy Bear is. Hopefully, Cozy somewhere.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> just living out the rest of their days in the arms of a six-year-old child, <laughs> <laughs> just snuggling.
0: Uh, then we have the Internet Research Agency, which has ditched email accounts in favor of encrypted communications tools like uh, Proton Mail, which are harder to trace. Uh, taking a note there proton mail hard to try i'm kidding uh and they're also trying to exploit the facebook loophole that allows for political lies there lies in political ads now and they're and they're paying american users american users to hand over personal pages so like they'll come to you and say i give you one hundred thousand for your page and then they over they take over your persona and use it mm-hmm. so they aren't like you know the picture of the bulldog with mm-hmm. a name and eighteen letters after right. it. It's it's more believable to you, yeah. Um, so that's uh, and and setting up offshore bank accounts to cover their tracks, right? Which I, I'm pretty sure they were doing already. Like, did they read
2: the Mueller report when they wrote this? But <laughs> so, as
0: as we all know, McConnell has uh, blocked multiple election security bills. So
2: fuck, I cannot believe. So Russia is trying to frame Iran basically Mm -hmm. so are they truly just i mean there sounds like another ukraine thing doesn't it yeah yeah but also just like they're just so dedicated to instability and and like fostering it and they just keep roping in different countries it's working the world is crazy right right, right and they're like Again, just swooping in and capitalizing off of fear-mongering tactics that have been happening on the U.S. side. But also
0: think about, like, how much money and how well Putin would do if the United States went to war with Iran. And also how Putin benefits if the United States and Ukraine are no longer friends. Yeah. So that's why Uh, they're framing Right, these, and a, these countries and that, a lot that of Iran- benefit them from the U.S. not liking them. Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah.
2: of Iran's weaponry is from Russia, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the t- the two missiles that took down uh, the the plane that we're going to talk about in a bit mm-hmm. uh, were purchased from Russia.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it's like as simple. I'm I'm sure it's not as simple as that, but if they would stand to gain a lot of money, even just in the arms side of it. Yeah, sure. <sighs> Uh, anyway, we have a lot more headlines, believe
0: it or not. I feel like we've done a whole show. Goodbye. Uh, no, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be right back uh, after this break. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This episode of Muller Road is brought to you by Beta Brand. Do you have a to-do list that never seems to end? Running from a flight straight to a meeting? Still having to cook dinner for yourself? <laughs> Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are perfect for the office, home, and anywhere your day takes you. With Beta Brand, you never have to sacrifice comfort or function for style. You can have all three. Their dress pant yoga pants are incredibly versatile, super comfy, perfectly stretchy, you cannot wrinkle them if you tried. And that is what I love about them, pack and travel so perfectly. They have all the style of a dress pant with the stretch, fit, and feel of yoga pants. Whatever your style, Beta Brand has the pants to match with dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, and more. They even have a pair with eight pockets, which is my favorite. I have uh, a pair of those, and I love them because I don't have to take a purse out of the hotel room when I'm traveling. Uh, I have three other pairs. I have cropped, straight leg, uh, and boot cut, and I absolutely love them so much. The boot cut with a pair of heels looks so good. It makes your feet look small. Uh, anyway, I bring them with me on every trip because they don't wrinkle. They pack and travel beautifully, and the eight pockets, like I said, I can leave my purse at home. Beta Brand now offers premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off your first order when you go to betabrand.com slash ag. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash ag. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pair of pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash ag for 20 percent off today all right quick update on iran um and this ties into your hot note jordan because you're going to talk about what happened in in baku azerbaijan Mm -hmm. a while back uh but imminent threat right that's what everybody's wondering about apparently they're the only imminent threat was impeachment (laughs) um Pompeo says, look, uh, I have the quote right here. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let me pull this up because you're going to laugh so hard. It's when he said it, I was like, did you just say that? And I I couldn't believe he actually went down that path. Um, He says, when asked about, oh, no, that's Pelosi. Oh, this will get a lot of attention today on the imminent threat intelligence. Pompeo tells Fox News, Fox News. There's no doubt that there were a series of imminent attacks being plotted by a Qasem Soleimani. We don't know precisely when, and we don't know precisely where, but it was real.
3: <laughs> Sounds we can, legit.
2: Isn't that in the name of the word imminent? That's the that, opposite. <laughs> that you have of, to have <laughs> some sort of like temporal <laughs> awareness of when it's coming. When and where? Yeah. Yeah. If uh, I if
0: I have an imminent threat to me, it's not just because I have this impending sense of doom. Yeah. I have specifics about when and where it's gonna happen. That is
3: precisely what imminent right. means. Let's uh look up the description of imminent here, shall we? <laughs> imminent <laughs> uh adjective. Uh it means about to happen.
2: <laughs> so sorry, we Claire's we not that. laughing matter, but <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, you're like about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and, of course, this week, Iran abandoned the rest of the nuclear deal. They're going to start um, their centrifuges back up. They're going to start enriching uranium. Yay. Uh, and Trump, of course, has blamed Obama for the Iran missile attack that came after his strike, airstrike against Soleimani, saying it was the money we gave Iran as part of the nuclear deal. Uh, we we apparently... Uh, put $1.8 billion into an airplane and flew it in the night over to Iran. Okay. And um, that apparently is real. And people think that people think that that actually happened. And that's not the case. We wow. unfroze the money we owed them from 1979. Hmm. And paid that back to them, and um, and there is proof that most of it, ninety percent of it, went to infrastructure and jobs and and um, getting the oil refineries back online, so mm-hmm. that they had an, a revenue stream. Yep. But like maybe ten percent of it went to their defense spending. Yeah. Like we don't spend money on the Department of Defense. It's pretty cheap, you know, <laughs> to run the <laughs> Pentagon. Uh, but they're. Their defense department is the uh, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard, Mm -hmm. which we know because Trump helped them launder money through his hotel. And you're going to talk about that in a little bit. So that's just super ridiculous. But they uh, but also this uh, this week, Iran accepted responsibility and apologized for downing that plane. They said, yep, we did it. It was a mistake. We thought it was something else. Um, Oops.
3: Mm -hmm. What a horrible loss of life.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that they apologized and accepted responsibility for it. Like yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's I mean we Which were pre- makes it more believable. Right. Well we were predicting this when we were first talking about it, like what's most likely, mm-hmm. you know? It's I think it fits into exactly what was the most logical thing that happened and it also makes sense that they were trying to cover it up at first. I imagine they realized they were just two in over their heads and they couldn't cover that up. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine, especially since it was their own systems, that, well, they said it was human error, but whatever happened, they are a bit trigger happy. It's mm-hmm. They knew that that happened immediately. So I think it's very interesting and surprising, though, that they came out, like you said, and actually admitted their mistakes because they were blatantly lying that entire time. I also don't think about can, what? About it not being them. Yeah. Oh, they didn't say it wasn't them. They didn't say anything until in the they, beginning. No, I thought that they were saying that it was an explosion on the aircraft and
0: no. stuff.
3: Okay, uh-uh. I mean they weren't Not good. that I know
2: of. I mean, unless unless I am totally
3: wrong, they weren't saying anything until mm-hmm. they came out and said they did it. They wouldn't have been able to like, keep that under wraps for very long, anyway, because I don't think the Canadian government would have been chill. <laughs> they were pretty like aggressively. Pursuing Wait, I know what you're talking about. The investigation. Now. Of At that. first,
0: they were like, "We think there was a fire on the plane, mm-hmm. or that the engine blew up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was definitely them.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then they started changing their tune slowly about letting people look into the black box. You know, but no one else has seen it yet. Right? right. Yeah. Well, now they don't need to, I guess, because the answer. I mean, they still need to, but but now if they just. They they relieve themselves of a lot of pressure in one way <laughs> by saying, admitting that it was them. Right. And they did it and they did it on accident. Right. It's, what one. freaks me out is
0: that I believe the Iranian prime minister now more often than I believe our own government, mm-hmm. our own president, mm-hmm. which is one time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One
0: time is more than I've ever believed. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. Uh, And here's this crazy thing came out. His motives now. Everyone's wondering like what his motives were for this attack on Soleimani. Wall Street Journal came out with a story, a very long story, and it wasn't until the 22nd paragraph where they said Mr. Trump, after the strike, told associates he was under pressure to deal with General Soleimani from GOP senators he views as important supporters in his coming impeachment trial in the Senate. So this. At least in part was prompted by the impeachment.
3: His reelection. Definitely. Yep. Makes sense. I mean to the surprise of no one.
0: Yeah. Right. We were guessing that, but for him to just fucking come out and say it. I think that
3: he thinks like you've said before though, if he he, if he says it, it makes it okay. If he says it out loud, then he wasn't trying to hide it or cover it up and it wasn't a lie. Mm -hmm. Like the more he says things openly the more he thinks it's okay. So
0: Mm -hmm. I suppose.
3: Um, that's
0: a weird phenomenon. It's weird. Where
3: and you're I'm like, just because you say it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And from the Mueller files, I feel like we should have like a Rockford files theme song right here. Prosecutors in both the Manafort and Stone cases have said they're ready to release more documents from the Mueller investigation. Uh, While we were recording last Sunday, prosecutors told a federal judge they were ready to release previously sealed details from court proceedings about how Manafort lied during his cooperation. Now, we knew he lied, but apparently there's more details about what he lied about because last year we know his plea deal fell apart. We found out he lied to prosecutors about five topics. And remember, one of them was completely redacted. Um, well, maybe that's something that they're going to tell us now, something else that he lied about. But not only that, he lied about his discussions with the now indicted Kremlin-linked Russian associate Konstantin Kalimnik about the Ukraine peace plan, quote unquote, uh, that provided that back channel for Russia to control part of Ukraine. And uh, they're interested in getting Trump's support for it. Um, that's what they were. You know, back then, trying to Russia was trying to get Trump and the Trump administration to support the Ukraine peace plan, which meant annexation of Crimea, <laughs> so, or at least controlling part of the country. Um, could, they had already done that in 2014. Uh, but this this is the connection between 2016 and the current impeachment, right? Manafort, he's the linchpin, the connective tissue between uh, Russian interference in 2016 and the current disinformation coming from Russian-backed Ukrainians in that shadow, you know, foreign policy conducted by the three amigos, Giuliani, Volker, Sundlin and Perry, um, which was directed by Trump, as we have now seen in recent emails that came out after he was impeached. So, uh, And then less than 24 hours later, Courthouse News reported that prosecutors in the Stone case are prepared to hand over sealed records from Roger Stone's search and seizure warrants to the media outlets that have sued them. <laughs> They're going to do it in 60 days. Uh, an attorney for the media wanted them released in 30 days, citing the slow pace of the case and the public's right to know. But Assistant U.S. Attorney Aaron Zelinsky argued the release could compromise ongoing investigations and the privacy of third parties. Zelensky is a Mueller person. Hmm. Um, the counter argument was that the Department of Justice can and will redact anything that would harm ongoing investigations. So you don't have to worry about that. And the third parties involved already testified in the Stone trial. So they're public. Um, Stone's attorney also backed the 60 day timeline. Uh, and that is the delay that won the day. So keep your eye out for that 60 days from now and the ties between the Mueller probe and the current impeachment going on with the the Manafort documents. And after three years of uh, bullshit investigations into the Clinton Foundation and Uranium One, Trump's Justice Department has found no factual, factual, articulable basis to open a criminal investigation. We know that phrase from Andy McCabe, uh, which has sent the Q assholes into a shame spiral. <laughs> Despite the exoneration, Trump rally goers continue to chant lock her up, a chant made popular by disgraced former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn who faces sentencing in just 15 days. So buy yourself a nice bottle of Pinot. Get ready for him to be sentenced to prison because as we know, the Mueller uh, team has revoked its no jail time recommendation in favor of recommending the Max, which is six months in his case for the one count. And I still don't understand how he is they, facing know, additional charges. I know,
2: I know. What the...
0: All the things he avoided right for copying a plea but yeah exactly but
2: given that it's bill barr's justice department how does that not set the precedent for other criminals though that you can just say you're going to cooperate and then switch and face no consequences right and he'll probably get a pardon from the president
3: yeah Yeah. i'm sitting over here like like, (laughs) yeah i wish you could see me (laughs) right now yeah it's not a good precedent Mm -mm. no it's not
0: but we do have more news so we'll be right back with hot notes and the fantasy indictment league is lit so stick around Hey everybody, it's AG. As you know, politics is my passion, but even I need a break, occasionally. So, when I feel like I need a mental palate cleanser, my go-to refresher is Best Fiends. It's an amazingly fun puzzle game app that's free to download. Best Fiends combines an exciting story with challenging puzzles that relax and engage your brain, but it's casual so anyone can play. Best Fiends is a five-star rated game, and it has a bright, vibrant design. It's really, really cute and adorable and so fun to watch and play. They have fun characters, great puzzles. You collect these little characters, uh, and you need to use them strategically on each level. And the great thing is you spend as much or as little time as you want in the game. I play when I get overly exasperated with our corrupt idiotic president. Uh, I'm up to level 100. I'm so good. I like, do. When I hit 100, I was like, hey, high five to me. <laughs> And you can share your progress in the game via social media and let us know what level you're on. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events. It never gets old. My favorite thing is Best Fiends doesn't require the internet. So I can play it on the subway. I can play it when I'm flying on the plane if they don't have, you know, Wi-Fi on the plane, which is weird when they don't. But sometimes they don't. So engage your brain with fun puzzles to collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, welcome back, Jordan. What do you have? I, I really, really wanted. Like, I—I I know we went over. Um, I think it was in Daily Beans this week when I—I I went over the, um, the coup, mm-hmm. the 1953 coup in Iran, and then the 79 in the Shah, and we went over that mm-hmm. whole like history, and now I. I kind of want to take a. I wanted to take a dip back into history because yeah. this is so important now. So can you tell us about what you know what was going on in Azerbaijan?
2: Back yeah, in the day? De- definitely. So this is only something that's transpired over the last decade, but we are taking a trip back in time to a piece that was done by the New Yorker in March of 2017. Uh, the piece was titled "Donald Trump's Worst Deal." The president helped build a hotel in Azerbaijan that appears to be a corrupt operation engineered by oligarchs tied to Iran's Revolutionary Guard. Um, The story, it centers around Trump International Hotel in Tower Baku, which stands 33 stories high. It's right in the middle of a really weird area of the downtown. It's a pretty hard to reach location. There are stories of a person that was going there to scope out the area and their taxi drivers would be making, you know, like 10 wrong turns trying to get there. It's just in a horrible location and it's in a part of the downtown that people that would have the money to spend there typically wouldn't really frequent. So the whole thing is just initially kind of screaming... You know, sketchy. Money it's a, right. It's a tower that already existed too. So, so when Trump's team got pulled in, it was basically to renovate it into this hotel know, and business when tower. Trump
0: said, "Uh, when they shot the plane down over Tehran, there was a bad neighborhood."
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> did he really fucking he did. say that? Yeah, he did. I think holy what he holy shit. I think what he and I don't it's mean to defend sky. him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to defend him at all. He might kill me before I do that. But yeah, <laughs> but I also think that he. He was kind of saying, like, colloquially, that shit, I mean, missiles were flying over there. I think that's what he meant by the bad neighborhood part. I think it was... Yeah, it was a dangerous time in the sky. Yeah. yeah. I don't sure. think he literally meant like... No, it wasn't it like, happened it over, wasn't like a,
0: a ghetto or something. It was like a Baltimore shithole country. Right. Comment. Yes. Yeah. No, but I'm sure he'll
2: make one but, of those in the next week that we but can I just thought it with.
0: was funny. Like, it was a bad neighborhood. I'm like, it's, it's the sky.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> plans for this development or renovation, major renovation, th- that started all the way back in 2008... Trump Org signed the official contracts all the way back in 2012 Uh, but by the time Trump Org formally announced the project in 2014 it was during a time in that country's history which is there were like incredibly low hotel occupancy rates in the area and it really just didn't make sense for them to take the project on at that point in time again just screams money laundering but for some reason they decided to take on the project um azerbaijan's ministry of tourism says that when he learned about the project he said why would someone put a luxury hotel there nobody who can afford to stay there would want to be in that neighborhood so what i was just saying um, the local folks behind the project were really close relatives of Azerbaijan's transportation minister, Zia Mamadov. Uh, Mamadov was known to be incredibly corrupt, uh, but whenever asked about it, the Trump organization said his corruption wasn't an issue because they never really dealt with that guy directly and that the deal was just mostly a licensing deal for them to slap Trump's name on the building anyway. So, no big deal if he's regarded as one of the most corrupt men in that country, which is a country that is labeled as one of the most corrupt countries in the world by watchdog groups. Mm. So, the whole thing... Just
3: screams sketch, sketch or not, <laughs> sketch. So sketch. You always like auto tune. Like, <laughs> pain. sketch. <laughs> uh,
2: but <Sorry. laughs> no, 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 that's amazing. A boat. reference I understand. I'm, I'm appreciative of it. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm excited that I made a <laughs> relatively modern pop culture reference. yes You're welcome. yes but even though they try to distance themselves from having you know a lot of involvement in the project ivanka as we wind up seeing was basically put in charge of the project and was super involved with the details of it remember she posted an instagram post oh, yeah. where she's wearing a hard hat uh-huh. and she's like looking out the window and then and, um it, it says and it's raining and she's crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one had a more rosy outlook, I guess. Uh, And the caption reads, Ivanka has overseen the development of Trump International Hotel and Tower Baku since its inception, and she recently returned from a trip to the fascinating city in Azerbaijan uh, to check in on the project's progress. So, not doing a great job of keeping themselves distanced from it simply being a licensing agreement. She apparently was constantly being involved with, like, very minute decisions, and to a certain degree when you're overseeing a project like that you know aesthetically just to maintain your brand since it is a licensing thing it's expected for you to make some decisions but she apparently was just like too
3: micromanaging very,
2: microman- like very very small you know details mm-hmm. that she was constantly involved with and experts on hotel development have said that her major involvement was very abnormal um so it's so it's oh ivanka's yeah mm-hmm. sorry someone told me it was Ivanka not oh, ivanka. ivanka and it's
0: iran not iran yeah or iran mm-hmm. um there A- we iran. go thank <laughs> you thank you <laughs> yes um i'm still gonna probably say it the way i say it it's really no, no offense yeah
2: no that's i'm i'm whatever i am open uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're Like i know what you're talking about. yes i got it um but all of this is it just screams That it was a corrupt business deal Mm -hmm. facilitated by a corrupt government official in a corrupt country. And even though there's no evidence uh, that has surfaced yet that Trump or anyone in the Trump org really uh, participated actively in bribery, money laundering or illegal behavior. uh, Just the fact that they're working with the Mamadoff family actually might be punishable by law because the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which passed in 77, it forbids American companies from participating in a scheme to reward a foreign government official in exchange for material benefit or preferential treatment. Um, It goes on to say the law even makes it a crime for an American company to unknowingly benefit from a partner's corruption if it could have discovered illicit activity but avoided doing so. So basically, Hmm. if you go into a business deal with a company that has any sort of inklings of being tied to corruption and you didn't do your due diligence to investigate that and see if that's what was going on, on, then that's on you. Mm -hmm. If it turns out that they were using it as a front for some kind of money laundering or bribery scheme Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Um, And that legislation closed what was known as the head in the sand loophole. I like that name. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that nice?
3: I'm happy that exists. Me too. Good job,
2: (laughs) folks, for passing that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You didn't fuck up. So it kind of smells like there's some corruption happening there.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So given that this project really seemed like there was no way it was going to make its money back Mm. or be profitable, that ought, that, you know, would have been, should have been a huge red flag that something sketchy was happening. We need a new flag color for Trump. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. Because orange giant orange the flag. red
3: flags are not doing it no <laughs> yeah <laughs> an orange flag yeah
2: i
0: just
3: want yeah
2: s- that's the whole thing right after you're bombarded by red flags mm-hmm. they become normal seriously um and not only should it have been a red flag to them, but it was also pretty well known that Mamadov has really strong ties to Iran's Revolutionary Guard. Mm. So this is where they start to come in. Um, the whole project is seemingly drenched in corruption and Iran's Revolutionary Guard is generally regarded as something that's you know, controlled by oligarchical figures that are constantly profiting off of corruption in the region. And the fact that they didn't look into it more and, fi- and get pull out of the deal way sooner is highly suspect super sketch yes very sketch um yeah to even build the tower they had to kick out a bunch of residents with homes and they told them that it was for a crucial governmental project and one resident even sued the government when they found out about the tower and this is pre-trump stuff this is just the tower in itself that was right because trump didn't come along and put his name on it till later I see. right exactly um And Alan Garten, who's the Trump work lawyer, he didn't even deny that there was corruption involved in the project, but he said, I'm not going to sit here and defend the Mamadovs. But from a legal standpoint... uh, They were blameless. In his opinion, he says that the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act doesn't apply to the Baku deal, even if corruption occurred, because we didn't own it. We had no equity. We didn't control the project. The flow of funds is in the wrong direction. We did not pay any money to anyone. Therefore, it could not be a violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. So deflecting blame completely when it comes to ties to Iran's Iran's Revolutionary Guard, that really doesn't look good. Um, either uh, owners, owners of revolutionary guard related businesses are uh, like becoming, you know, have become rich left and right. Um, the only catch uh, that is that they talk about in this article is you that you have to be president of the United States, <laughs> right? They expect you. You're expected to. It says serve the needs of the guard. So effectively, you know, call it bribery, call it just whatever abuse of power they have in the region. Yeah, sketchy, they, illicit they s- stuff. Skirt
0: mm-hmm. the, uh, They skirt unions. They Yeah, they just pretty much fuck everybody over. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, someone said it's a soft network that can do all sorts of things that are very hard to trace. And the fact that it took Trump org until December 2016 to pull out of the deal is very That's, sketchy. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And then it also finally brings up the point that if Azerbaijan has proof that they did these business dealings with people that had all these ties to corruption, um, they could possibly blackmail <clears throat> Trump org with that. Yep, that's the old compromisio. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. I don't know what that means. <laughs> compromisio. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's a little It's like back de Blasio,
0: at- but with compromise. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, thank you for that. Uh, I, just, I, I really wanted to make sure that everybody knew what was happening in Azerbaijan back then and, and that when Trump blames Obama for funding the Revolutionary Guard, it's because he himself did it. And he knows that he did it. And he did it through 2016, past the election. It's very recent. It's not old news. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, it's old news, but not. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: The way that Trump blames Obama for everything reminds me of the way that I blame my dad for everything in my early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> like, get over it. Uh, take some personal responsibility, Trump. Go to therapy. <laughs> Is it penis envy in your case, though? Or? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Although, if I did have a dick for a day. Dude,
3: helicopters
0: you
2: know, all day. I don't want to think about Trump calling Obama daddy. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't like that.
0: <laughs> I don't even want to hear him calling Daddy Longlegs Daddy. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to hear that word come out of his mouth ever. Nope, me neither. Yeah. Nope.
2: Nope. Thank nope. you for reporting, Durden. Yeah.
0: Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I
2: mean, it's basically just reading the New Yorker article and still thinking about it. talking about, about, about Yeah. But... <laughs> 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 that's what reporting but is. you're welcome. Yeah.
0: That's, that's how that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job.
2: Thank yeah, you. there's like so many details in that article too. I like barely scratched the surface. So if you ever it's a great read, yeah, if you want to take the time to read it, take the time to read it. And mm-hmm. have Alexa read it to you. Yes. Okay, if she, does she, she? Does she do read? That. Does Alexa read?
0: Uh, she plays audiobooks. Nice. She'll read my messages to me. I just got her, so I don't know. I'm not super capable, like super sure of what she's capable of. Mm. <laughs> uh, she
3: turns my lights on and off, and I love that. And she can dim them.
1: Ooh. That's like jets and
3: shit. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm still, it, it's ridiculous. There are some days where I marvel at technology still and I've worked in tech where I've been like, we live in the future. I oh, feel yeah? bad
0: though, because one of my light, lights is called the first light and the other one's called the second light. And I feel bad for the second light. I want to give them their own names.
2: <laughs> you only have two lights?
0: <laughs> uh, that that have the smart bulbs. Okay. I have very many cool more one. lights, but only the, I'm going to put smart bulbs in
3: everything. Is now. it in your room? It's in the living room. In the living room. One Very of my cool. friends, um, adapt, I don't know if it was her, one of those, it was either Alexa or one of the other home, you know, assistant services. And she has it She has it set to call her, you, be- you beautiful bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll be like, good morning, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> and it's great. And I really love it. And
0: all you have to do is say, Alexa, call me a beautiful bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, call amazing. you whatever you want. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay, she okay. (laughs) Can you say that sexier, Alexier?
2: Oh God, no.
0: All right, so anyway, uh, I I have some old stuff too. We're gonna take a little time machine trip for hot hot notes here. So, um, because this I can't even believe now that the inaugural uh, investigation is just now ripening. So let's listen to last February, nearly a year ago, when we had this breaking news story. Uh, Then Monday, some huge, huge news dropped. And this is big enough to be its own episode, so I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, This is potentially more consequential than even the Mueller investigation. Don't hate me for saying that. Though this investigation originated from Mueller's probe, so it it came from there. The Southern District of New York issued a broad subpoena for the Trump inaugural committee. And we've been following this story for a really long time since we found out Trump's inaugural cost twice as much as Obama's, apparently, but was like one-tenth as cool. (laughs) Um They had a bunch of high school marching bands and like some DJ drums, cool drums or something. Just the like DJ cool drums, something <laughs> something like that. It, 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 it was it was like one of those sick bro
2: guys, you yeah. know, mm-hmm.
0: with like playing a bunch of drums and being a DJ. Oh, was the dumbest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you save <sighs> money when they play multiple instruments. That's yeah, how you do it. Yeah. I, I guess.
0: <laughs> So what's amazing about this subpoena, you guys, is the sheer scope of it. It requires Trump inaugural officials to hand over documents about donors, finances, activities, spending, any guests, any benefits they handed out, including tickets and photo ops with the president, federal disclosure filings, vendors, contractors, contractor lists, pretty much everything they have. It could take months to comply with this subpoena. They want to know. All the benefits provided to guests and donors and donations because the inaugural has to disclose these to the FEC. Any falsification or omission is a crime because the disclosure form is signed under penalty of perjury. And this one was signed by a guy named Doug Ammerman. So you might want to throw him on your fantasy draft. Mm, Doug. (laughs) Doug Ammerman. Squirrel. Um, Prosecutors want to know if any foreigners illegally donated, as well as whether committee staff members knew that such donations were illegal, or if money was just being paid directly to vendors instead of going through the inaugural like it's supposed to so that they didn't have to report it Um, for tax. Well, it's a nonprofit, so it's not a tax dodge. It's more of a we don't want you to know where this money came from dodge. Right. And that bit is important because accepting foreign contributions isn't it's only a crime if it's done with knowledge that the donations were illegal. Uh, and it also says to me that there is indeed evidence of foreign contributions and the Southern District of New York is building a case for criminal charges, uh, beans. They asked for documents laying out inaugural policy for accepting donations because federal law prohibits foreign contributions to federal campaigns, PACs, and inaugural funds. So if the Trump org has these documents that lay out a policy that says we can't accept foreign donations, then that means they knew, and that therefore it's a crime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Sciutto of CNN said that the prosecutors are investigating a giant list of potential crimes, including conspiracy against the United States, false statements, mail fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, inaugural committee disclosure violations, and violations of laws prohibiting contributions made by foreign nations and contributions made in the name of another person, known as straw donors, or if you hear us say cutout. That's what that is. Okay. And we already know Mueller indicted Sam Patton for using a straw donor to funnel money into the inaugural when he bought four tickets to the party for $50,000 that was recouped from a Putin-backed Ukrainian oligarch. In fact, it was Mueller's interest in Russian squid pro crow that launched this investigation in the Southern District in the first place. Go, Mueller.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate owner of this fund is Trump himself as a person. I don't know.
0: I don't know who the ultimate I think the ultimate owner is the Trump Inaugural. It's a it's an entity. It's a non-profit.
2: Is that to protect themselves, like basically from legal like liability? Like, no, I think
0: it's just you have to set it up as a five hundred one C three or C four, okay, or four six five something,
2: <laughs> so that you don't think there's like one individual who the liability falls on. It's just everyone that was involved in any sort of passing those payments along. Well, the executives could be like like take the Trump
0: Org for example. You can indict the Trump Org, or you could indict the executives of the Trump Org. Separately. Right. Just like AMI. You can indict AMI or you can indict Pecker or Dylan. Right. Separately. Dylan Howard. Um, For this, the two people in charge were Tom Barrick and Rick Gates. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and you know, they keep postponing the sentencing of Rick Gates, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it seems like if he were assisting the Southern District in this investigation, it would make sense to postpone his sentencing so he can get credit for helping. Yeah. Although you can get credit for helping... um, up to being in jail for a year, but he hasn't even been sentenced yet. We don't even know what kind of time he's facing and and additional help could make him avoid jail altogether if he wasn't already. He was the deputy director of the inaugural fund, second to Tom Barrack, who I mentioned before. He's the guy who helped Manafort get the job with Trump in the first place. (laughs) He's the one under investigation for his shady real estate dealings with the Cutter Investment Authority. And in a ProPublica report, we know that Barrack was uh, seeking to personally profit from connections to the Trump administration, according to a confidential memo obtained by WNYC. The memo outlines how Barrack's company called Colony sought to benefit financially from its ties <laughs> to Trump. Unabashedly white name. <laughs> Colonists. Um, his, this memo says, quote, the key is to strategically cultivate domestic and international relations while avoiding any appearance of lobbying. <laughs>
2: The mm. appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to
0: look like you're lobbying. Otherwise, we have to register as foreign lobbyists and no one wants to do that. <laughs> uh, it's just not cool this year, uh, 2016. <laughs> and oddly, the only guy mentioned in the subpoena is Ahmad Zabari. Uh, he was in Trump Tower around the same time Al Rumehi was there from the Qatar Investment Authority meeting with Flynn Jr. and Cohen.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh. Hmm. Probably to discuss the Rosneft Commission sell off. Super oh. beans, though. That's beans. And according to Renato Mariotti, friend of the pod and host of the On Topic podcast, this subpoena indicates that the investigation is in its early stages. And the massive scope of the subpoena, as I said, could take months to comply with. And the inaugural has said it will fully cooperate. So Mm -hmm. they're going to start digging. So that was back in February. And start digging they did because this week, that guy, Zuberry the only person actually named in the Trump inaugural subpoena, has been charged with and is pleading guilty to obstruction of justice for deleting emails in which he discussed the oranges of his nine hundred thousand dollars donation to the Trump inaugural inaugural <laughs> inaugural <laughs> where they be the beers. Uh, inaugural. <laughs> um I love Patton Oswald. Hey, shout out. So yeah, his $900,000 donation to the Trump inaugural, including emails with an unnamed foreign donor who happened to drop $5.8 million into Zabari's account around the time of his donation to the Trump campaign or Trump inaugural. They have all also have evidence that after prosecutors asked him about the emails, he called his internet service provider to see if there was a way to permanently delete those emails off the server. So he deleted the emails. <laughs> the cops called him and said, bro, you deleted the emails. And then he called up Cox and said, hey... Can you really delete those emails? <laughs> like, That's like extra obstruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is huge news, but it isn't quite an indictment. And I'll talk to Joyce Vance about that in the interview later on. But just like the old days, um, when a bad guy cops to one charge, a cooperation agreement is usually in the works. So this is it. Oh, it's yeah. been almost a year. Fuck yes. And the first criminal charges in the Trump inaugural have arrived. I was shocked Maddow didn't cover this on Friday. She's been following the story for as long as we have. But there uh, was some other stuff going on
2: <laughs> So, so god yep
0: I'm sure she'll get to it um, but this is huge it has massive implications so keep that in mind as I ask you are you ready for sabotage Woo. yes <laughs> All right, my hot note takes us right into sabotage, which is the guilty plea by Zuberi in the Trump inaugural case. So keep that in mind as you make your picks this week, because if he's indicted, then I would imagine, like I said, most of the other subjects and targets of the inaugural investigation are low-hanging fruit now. And after the Fantasy Indictment League, I'll talk to Joyce Vance about the difference between an indictment and an information, which is what this is called, Mm. uh, and what Zuberi is going through and how this is indicative of a possible plea agreement. So stick around for that. And with that, are you ready to play the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes. I'm
2: going to be indicted! No, wait, it's going to be okay. Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be indicted! Hold oh, it, they can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted!
0: All right, I went first last week. You get to go Woo-hoo. first, Jordan.
2: Tom Barrick. Yeah. No <laughs> really,
0: a Zuberi plea agreement.
2: Yeah. Oh. Oh, wait, he didn't already? He just pleaded guilty. Okay. Oh. Uh, I will do trope inaugural. Cheating off my oh, I wasn't looking. Sorry. It's okay. I <laughs> you guys the
0: script anyway with all I know, my pictures. I
2: just never read it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be in the moment, you know? All right, all right. I mean, I look the the shit I'm supposed to talk about, and then otherwise, I just like to be present. I'm going with a gentleman named
0: Doug Ammerman.
2: He's part of the inaugural. He signed off on all the okay. stuff. All right. All um, right. I'm going to do... I'm going to switch over to this... AMI, hush nice. money situation. You've selected Pecker. Are you going to yeah. select Pecker? I'm going to do hmm, Trump Org. Good,
0: good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a Wolcroft plea deal.
2: Who's Wolcroft again?
0: The lady that the lady, got $26 right. million dollars from, it's, she's Ivanka, or Melania. Melania's friend. Mm.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm going to do...
0: Ivanka. Melania. Whatever.
2: Melania. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do superseding for men. Mm. That's good. I'm going to go
0: Parnas plea. Nice. I'm all plea deals. Yeah. i all plea deals this week.
3: Is that four? Yes. You get one more AG. After you pick. Right? I
2: get one more too? Yep. Okay, you both cool. do. Okay. Then I will do a Parnas superseding. Ooh. Rudy. Oh where God! In the of world course, is Rudy Giuliani, Caludi Rudy,
0: Caludi Rudy. I have a
2: question: If Ghislaine is overseas, actually, can they? Would they still drop an indictment on her? Yeah, they would. Can I change my pick to Ghislaine? Which one would you like to remove? The last one. Okay,
0: thank you. But they'll likely wait until she returns to the United States, and if she, but no one
2: really knows where she actually is, though. Some people are saying she's not overseas. I am
0: a hundred percent sure the FBI knows exactly where she is. Yes, definitely. definitely.
2: But I. Um, a peasant (laughs) Yes, i have no idea
0: (laughs) i a plebe do not know (laughs) all right that's how we play the fantasy indictment league after this break we have the interview with former u.s attorney msnbc contributor and i believe she's a law professor she testified in front of congress she's amazing joyce vance we'll discuss the trump inaugural and the impeachment strategy so we'll be right back with that Hey everybody, this segment of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Third Love. I am obsessed with Third Love. They are my favorite bra. All my bras now come just exclusively from Third Love. They're they're all I use. Um, They do bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. They're designed to fit you. Their bras are designed to fit perfectly. Um, Not the other way around. Uh, They're designed with measurements from millions of women, so they use metadata. Their bra styles are made to fit your life. They have over 80 bra sizes, industry leader, including their uh, signature half cup sizes, uh, which I fall in between cup sizes, as do 50% of women. So I was able to find my perfect fit. Uh, It only took about a minute. I took their online Fit Finder quiz. Um, They take into account not just cup size, but breast shape to find the ideal bra for you. And they have a fit stylist who is available to speak to you Uh, anytime via chat or text or phone you can call them if you want and every bra is made for your comfort with memory foam cups no slip straps and smooth scratch free bands with uh, printed labels so there's no scratchy tag third love makes bras they believe in every bra is backed by their perfect fit promise you have 60 days to wash it wear it if you don't love it uh, returns and, uh, and exchanges are always free and best of all third love believes in giving back they donate all their gently used bras to people in so you wash it, wear it. If it doesn't fit, return it. They'll donate it to someone in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com ag now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com ag for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. Joining us today for the interview is University of Alabama law professor, MSNBC contributor, former U.S. attorney in Birmingham under Obama, all-around awesome human person. Please welcome back to the show Joyce Vance. Joyce, thanks for coming on Mueller's Road again.
1: Wow, with that kind of an intro, I'll come whenever you want.
0: <laughs> that happens to me a lot, too. People give me all these intros, and I'm like, well, now i got a lot to live up to. All
1: right. Yeah, I'm not sure I deserve that one, but I'm glad to be with you.
0: Oh, you definitely do. You've earned every single accolade that you have. So... Um, this week, uh, we heard news. This was so big, and it just sort of got glossed over because there probably is other stuff going on in the world right now. But um, we heard news that Zuberry was being charged with obstruction of justice. Uh, and our listeners know Zuberry from being the only person named in that broad subpoena issued by the Southern District of New York for information. On the inaugural, way back, I think it was like February, and uh, his mysterious nine hundred thousand dollar contribution to the Trump campaign or Trump inaugural, and you tweeted out though, because I was like, "Oh, he's indicted," but you 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 tweeted out, "Let's, you know, this isn't an indictment; it's information, and it could mean there's a cooperation deal in the works." So, can you explain to our listeners the difference between what this is and, and an
1: indictment? Sure. There are two ways that federal prosecutors can charge a defendant. One is by going to the grand jury, convincing the grand jury that there's probable cause to charge the defendant, at which point the grand jury votes for what's called a true bill and the defendant is indicted. That's the constitutional procedure. A defendant has a right in the federal system to be indicted by a grand jury. So when you see a defendant who's charged by an information, it's like somebody's waving a big red flag to tell you that this is a different kind of a process. The prosecutors haven't gone to a grand jury. This is a charging document that's based on a prosecutor's signature. And so if the defendant wanted to fight it, the defendant would go into court at the first opportunity and say, I move to dismiss this information. I'm entitled to an indictment by grand jury. So you know that when prosecutors bring in information, that means that there's a plea deal that's been worked out with the defendant in advance, that the defendant, when he's arraigned on the information, will waive his or her right to be indicted by a grand jury and will plead guilty. The the interesting piece is what you don't know for sure, but what it seems likely we can infer here. Is that the defendant will also be cooperating with federal prosecutors, and that's why there's a plea agreement before he was charged?
0: Yeah, it would seem that with all of the, I mean, he's facing other charges too in California, and uh, and it seems like this happens uh, quite a bit, at least that I've seen with this with folks uh, kind of surrounding this administration. Is they'll be charged with one thing when they're clearly guilty of many other things, and I, I hate to say clearly guilty, but. Uh, they, you know, they could be on the hook for other crimes and it's the one and they've agreed to plead guilty to it. And that just always screams that there that there's a cooperation agreement going on. So is that kind of I guess that's sort of how we can deduce that that's likely in this case?
1: Yeah, I think that's often the case. I mean, we don't know looking in from the outside what federal prosecutors have uh, evidence where they can prove a defendant uh, guilty beyond a reasonable doubt at trial. So sometimes we think that there's more evidence than there actually is, and prosecutors are charging only what they prove. But other times, and, and more likely here, as, as you astutely point out, is the fact that this signals cooperation. Um, but I do think it's important that we sort of just sort of take a moment to consider what does cooperation mean. Could it mean cooperation against someone who was involved uh, on the Trump campaign end in the inaugural? Sure. But more likely, given the contours of what we know about this case, it would mean charging the people who were using him to funnel unlawful payments to the inaugural. I think the one is more likely, although... The entire universe is possible,
0: <laughs> right? Sort of like Sam Patton and his fifty thousand dollars straw contribution to the inaugural for tickets uh, for Ukrainian officials. Of course, there is so many other people involved in the inaugural, and I think maybe a lot of this uh, has come out because of Rick Gates' uh, delay in sentencing. That he's he was probably assisting on this inaugural case with the Southern District as well. And it's just it's interesting though because you and I have talked a lot about Bill Barr. And he's the where the buck stops in the Southern District, and I, I'm just I'm kind of frankly surprised that these investigations are going forward and active, and and there's movement in them. Uh, what what does that say to you? Does it say maybe we're looking at just something that's so ironclad, or that Barr just doesn't have his hands in it, or or what's the deal there?
1: You know, it's tough to stop a righteous case. I think um, an Attorney General who meddles. In a case that prosecutors are working where they've developed sufficient evidence to go is taking uh, a dangerous and possibly an illegal path. But I think in this case, just being practical and understanding how this Justice Department has so often operated as a shield for the president, that's just another one of the factors that leads me to conclude that the cooperation here is probably as against other contributors And the Trump campaign, the Trump inaugural committee will continue to take the position that there was no way that they could have vetted these contributions and that they were unaware of the source and not involved in any illegality.
0: Yeah, that's that is a good point. And and I assume the inaugural itself as an entity could could be in trouble.
1: Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer for certain because I'm not sure what their legal status is and if they're an entity that can be punished. There would certainly be people who were involved who would have susceptibility to individual liability.
0: Ah, yes, that makes sense. I think about that often, too, when I'm thinking about the Trump Organization, although they are a f- full for-profit and they don't have any of that weird yeah. gray gray area of being a, any kind of a non-profit or not-for-profit, etc.
1: Um, I'm sure that there's a short answer to that question about the inaugural committee itself. I just don't know it off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, and me neither. <laughs> and, um, speaking of subpoenas, I also wanted to pivot here for a second and get your opinion on... Um, the Bolton factor, I guess, uh, if you want to give it a, a reality show name, because that's what we're living in. Um, he has said he'd be willing to testify to the Senate. Um, when asked if he'd be willing to testify to the House, he didn't comment. I think somebody, I think even Swalwell said that he said he won't testify to the House, and if he does, he's going to file with the courts. And I, a lot of people are calling for Adam Schiff in the House to to subpoena. Bolton, I don't know that that's necessarily a good idea in this case. And I was wondering what your thoughts on on the whole Bolton factor are.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this was a very interesting offer from Bolton. Um, A lot of people have weighed in to say that they think that it's very important and very formative and that it should put pressure on people like McConnell um, to permit this testimony to take place in the Senate. And I think the Senate is a good place to let this one rise and fall because one of the one of the rules that I know as a prosecutor that I think applies really well here is that nobody prevents a witness who can exonerate them from testifying, right? If President Trump was going to be exonerated by anything that Bolton was going to testify to, we would have heard his testimony a long time ago. He is the proverbial firsthand witness that the Republicans kept complaining the defendants, or rather the Democrats, weren't providing in the House. So so now this is Senator McConnell and Senator Graham's uh, call, and any four Republicans who want to get together and vote with Democrats can ensure that the American people get to hear the testimony from this fundamental witness to the case if we don't hear Bolton's testimony at the Senate trial We will know it is because the truth is no friend to the president.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And I don't think Republicans want to hear from him either, because then if they have to vote to exonerate the president, then they have to go against this whatever explosive testimony Bolton has. And um, they have an amazing case without him.
1: You know, and it's, it's really a problem for them. As you point out, the case is very strong. I mean, this is a compelling case without any more testimony. But a real problem uh, that Republicans will face is the political cost of gagging these witnesses and not insisting that the White House produce documents that were properly subpoenaed because the polling has steadily shown an increase in the number of Americans who think that fair trials involve hearing from witnesses and seeing documents. And I think the Republicans will pay a price if they do something that's so clearly obstructive of justice and that turns the Senate trial into just this mockery, sort of a cover up for the president,
0: yeah, uh, I agree hundred percent and and one of the things I mean, you know, when Kupperman was subpoenaed by the House, um that's Bolton's number two, that's his deputy, or was um, it, w- the House worked very hard to dismiss that case <clears throat> as moot and withdrew its subpoena because the Republican talking point was let it it's it's in the courts. I can't testify. it's in the courts, and I'm afraid if the house subpoenas Bolton. He'll file with the courts and they'll have that excuse again. Um, but, you know, who, Bolton might not. Who knows? He's got books to sell. So <laughs> we, we...
1: well, it would certainly be, you know, inconsistent for Bolton to say that he would testify in front of the Senate and not in front of the House. That would certainly put some political shellac on this entire process. Um, I I hate to be sort of the skeptic here, Uh, Bolton has books to sell, as you point out. One way of ensuring he doesn't have any classification problems is if he's already testified to the substance of what's in the book before the time it's released, and he has a little bit less trouble getting that past the government, so maybe that's one motivation here.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that before.
1: You know, that's a, it's a possibility, but I think another possibility is that he's decided that the American people deserve the truth and it's time to do the right thing. We can speculate, but I think we'll have to wait and hear it from Bolton's own lips.
0: Yeah, from his mustache. I think. Uh, I think your. <laughs> I think your former assertion is probably closer than uh, he wants the American people to hear the truth. But
1: you know, we live in Never skeptical know. times, and it's so easy to fall into that pattern of skepticism. I think one of the things that's really important for all of us as Americans is that that we don't get so um, closed off by what Trump is putting the country through that we can no longer give our fellow citizens the benefit of the doubt. So. I'm a big believer in letting people tell you who they are um, and not giving someone the benefit of the doubt when they've proven they don't deserve it. At the same time, I think we need to show a willingness to listen and understand that there are people who, you know, do still believe in this country and do believe in the rule of law. And that at some point we need to gather in all of the people that believe in that and come back together.
0: Yeah, I think it's just hard when you've been burned so many times. You know, you give uh, Romney a chance and he burns you. You give Collins a chance and she burns you. You give Barr a chance and, and he burns you. So I think it's also maybe a little bit of that cynicism comes from that sort of fatigue.
1: Yeah, that's where we all are. I think it's become very difficult um, to credit people with good faith. And, you know, I hate being in the skeptic camp, but I'm firmly there. Um, I'm still hoping someone will prove me wrong.
0: Yeah, I like to sit there too. That's where I like to live. So thank you so much for coming on, explaining those differences to us and giving us your input on uh, what's going on in the impeachment. Um, Thank you. I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yep, everyone. Uh, University of Alabama law professor, MSNBC contributor, former U.S. attorney, Joyce Vance. Joyce, we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that's our show. Do we have any final thoughts before we get out of here? First of all, thank you so much to Joyce. She's just... Yeah, mm-hmm. really like to have a national treasure.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing I've been saying constantly. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure you know when your primary is. Make sure you're registered for the right party. Mm-hmm. If you have not done that, do it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
2: Straightforward to yep. the point. Yes, I appreciate I like that. Um, no, I don't think I have anything on my brainsies. Mm, So I'm not gonna make a j I'm not
0: going to make a You know, I'm going to let that one lie. <laughs> brainsies. I'll leave it. <laughs>
3: Any final thoughts from you?
0: No, o, just, leader of ours. Just thank you so much, everyone. Um, I, I'm really going through some stuff right now, and I really can't thank you enough for being who you are and listening to the shows, and you guys too. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, so thank you.
3: No shucks. So much. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. <laughs> You're
0: the best. Um, that's it. So, everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn, with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production, and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. MSW Media.